Kempsey and I just wanted to obviously we told the guys on Sunday and obviously for those who don't come Sunday or missed out um, can you put that up on the screen please so for those who uh, have put their name down to volunteer to usher to host we, we're serving this man of God from Lebanon he's had some amazing um, uh, time the last couple of weeks he's preaching in the different Arabic speaking churches we had him here two two Sundays ago and but this Friday he'll be pre- uh, preaching at um, Clarence House and there'll be an interpreter um, for those who don't know him he's an evangelist from Lebanon he's spirit filled full of the Holy Ghost turning Lebanon upside down so and this lady is a, was a, a famous Middle Eastern singer and she got saved and now they travel and she sings to the Lord and minister the gospel and I just found out recently um, in the, in the midst of Lebanon right now, if you know the state of Lebanon, is terrible financially and politically. And he was able to source a building and open up a building where church and, and he has an outreach to the elderly in Lebanon. In Lebanon, there's no pension, there's no heart, there's no money. And he goes out and and looks after the elderly and um, he's an ex-drug drug addict, so he goes out and gets the heroin addict so you wouldn't sometimes you wouldn't know that there's a lot of heroin addicts in Lebanon. I didn't know that. So he's, he's an outreacher. He's a, preaches the gospel with boldness and with power of the Holy Spirit. So he's there Friday. That's his finale. He was going to be here Sunday, but they're not doing that anymore. So it's Friday, for those who have put their name down and that are helping, come and see me at the end of the service. For those who want to help, come and see me. And for those who, if you've got Arabic-speaking parents, I mean, there's going to be a translator, but obviously... If you come back from an Arabic Middle Eastern, it's it's a bit more impacting when they hear it from their from someone from their own culture. Um, many miracles have happened. Um, many salvations have been going on in Sydney. So this will be the last event. He won't be preaching anymore after Friday, and he's going to Melbourne. And uh, we, as he sent his word, ministry, Rabs and I have agreed. Or Rabs was on his heart to we're going to fund this whole thing for him. So if you want to give towards the gospel. Uh, as you know, in this ministry, we don't ask if God doesn't ask. You know, I mean, we've, I've been around the block a few times. But if I have to preach a nice message for you to give to the gospel, then you're not saved. <laughs> you preach and you sow seed into the kingdom. So if you want to give, if you want to serve, um, and, and obviously I'll speak to those guys involved. So Friday night, um, it's an early start. Um, so... Um, Clarence House in Belmore. It's his last event, and I won't take any more of your time. Any questions, come and see me after the service. Um, but he really wants to, he asked Rabs and I to host and help him because he felt like that he could work in the flow of the Holy Spirit with us. So we're going to let him flow. We're not going to control him what to say. He's going to go for it. And um, and he's excited, and we're excited to help him. And obviously, if you don't, if you don't speak Arabic, they've got an interpreter. Come anyway and get under the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, these revival meetings are very powerful. All right, um, that's it. I'll bless you guys. If you want to give, the, um, come and see me. There's a box at the back, and then there's our account. We are going to have an FPOS machine. So, what's been happening? Obviously, no one carries cash anymore. Um, so, we're going to have FPOS machine, and all the funds from that night will go straight to his mission in Lebanon. Amen. He's a good man of God, powerful man of God, and he's a, he loves the Lord. Amen. Bless you.
lift your hands to the Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory. Lord, you're the reason why we gather. Everything is centered in you and from you. And I'd like to give you the gratitude and the praise and the glory for what you've done for each one of us here and what you continue to do. May your name be glorified and every person filled with the true wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every person here, Lord, that they may encounter your love, encounter your compassion and your mercy and your great faithfulness that led you to the cross. Thank you for the cross, Lord. It's where love was manifested and it's where we are complete. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name today in this meeting and we thank you. We remember what you've done for us at the cross. Amen. 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 How are we all today? good to be with you today. Every week it's been uh, very powerful and I thank the Lord Jesus for that. He's really lifting the standard of what it means to follow him and what it means to understand him. So I thank the Lord Jesus for what he's doing here. Amen. I pray by God's grace that you're ready and you receive in how to really walk, how to really walk with the Lord. So, just a bit of a reflection from last week. Oh, I'll show you the scripture actually. Can we just get um, Philippians chapter 1? So the last couple of weeks, the whole message has been centered around Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. So I'd like to just rephrase so we're all on the same track. Okay, so let's read it together, or not together. So. <laughs> no, no offense, no offense. So Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ. Now, in, in the coming weeks, I'm going to be speaking also what does it mean to become a bond servant of Christ. Because you see, with every epistle, um, they start with a title, and it has so much depth and value of how to become a Christ, and what is Christ in interested with. It's very powerful when you understand the titles of how they start. It's beautiful. But today we're going a different direction. Now, as you know, every week it is dictated by the Holy Spirit and no one else. As you know, many years ago, I'm not interested in preaching a good message anymore. I'm interested in preaching a Holy Spirit message. And this is the most important thing for me, 
is that the Holy Spirit is taking control of us because he's the one that is being given to us as a guaranteeing, sal guaranteeing our salvation. He's a deposit to actually prepare us for everything that he has for us. And it's interesting that from what I said many, many uh, weeks ago about if I was to tell people, um, show me Jesus, they'll point to the cross. And, and, and that has value. But if, but if someone was to say to a person who's been trained and who is influenced by the Holy Spirit, they should point at you. They, sh they shouldn't point at the cross anymore. You are the walking epistle. Jesus wants to write your book. And I'll tell you something. To get to that place, it's not going to be a red carpet and a walk in a garden. So I really believe so many people have struggled to understand the process of God because we haven't given depth of the negatives and the positives that we encounter on the way to Christ. And it's very important that we understand this as a body. Okay, so let's quickly rephrase. Um, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine making request for you with all joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I'll go back to that scripture. That, that's a condition. Many of us have started right. Many of us have started with a flame, with a purpose, with a vision. And along the path, we face different challenges that blurs our vision or that removes the flame. See the Holy Spirit? Uh, when Paul speaks to Timothy, he says, fan into flame. The Holy Spirit needs a flame. He can't, flame, he can't fan something where there's no flame, so the fire can actually spread. There must be a flame. And I'll tell you something now. The enemy is very busy putting out flames. Because when he puts out flame, the Holy Spirit's got nothing to work with anymore. And it's very important that we actually understand this. He's after your flame. You know what flame is symbolic of? Um, uh, the zeal, the hunger, the thirst you have for Christ. And isn't it interesting when that's gone, the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with anymore. And it's so true. So there's a condition here. And there's six conditions about God finishing his work in you. We spoke about the first condition last week. Anyone remember? Oh, well. I'm going back upstairs. <laughs> I've gone back upstairs. Amen. Self-control. To love God through knowledge. So God gave knowledge to his children for one major reason, to birth self-control in us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. So knowledge is given, and we love to preach. We love to win souls. 
We love to do the works of Christ. They're right. But knowledge was given first from Christ to birth self-control. And I spoke about self-control not only regarding sin, but when you're in trials, in challenges, that you have control over your own spirit to remain steadfast and focused moving forward. So here it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray. Now, Paul was writing this in chains. I'm not going there. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Now, I'm going to stop here. There's six conditions about Jesus finishing his work in you. Now, we are all good when Jesus starts. The joy is there. The love is there. The hope is there. The hunger is there. The thirst is there. And it's very important that we mature to understand what's ahead of us. Because when someone doesn't know what's ahead of them, discouragement easily creeps in. Hopelessness uh, creeps in. Uh, weariness and restless creeps in. And giving up takes place. And I pray by God's grace that we as a body uh, don't give in to this. So here, w the second condition I'm not going to speak about knowledge. There's many more things. But the second condition of loving God is to grow in discernment. And I'm going to speak about it today. So be happy because God's going to give us direction. Okay. Now, this is interesting. This has probably been the greatest problem that I've had ministering. Probably the greatest challenge without pointing any fingers. But the greatest challenge I've had is this itself. And I'll, I'll, I'll share it how it is. The, the word discernment comes from the Strong's 144, whoever is following the word discernment. It's actually, it's actually judgment. It comes from the word, discernment comes from the word judgment. So the word, so it says here, in knowledge and all discernment. So there's many levels of discernment. But I'm going to take you from the bottom up. So the, the word discernment comes from the Strong's uh, 144. Ahithasis, that's what the word, that's good. <laughs> So we've got a Greek scholar there. <laughs> Ahithasis. Yes? It's good? 
<laughs> so the word, this is interesting. One of the words of discernment from the, from the Esau is perception. If, 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 I can, if I can put it like this, in a nutshell, percep perception means the ability to see beneath the outward appearance. Does that make sense? Yes. The ability to see beneath the outward. And I'll tell you something. In the beginning, uh, I looked very shallow of what was actually in my heart. Probably, probably now, how I walk with Christ. I've probably done things before that offended Christ that I don't do now. Like a, like a, uh, what's that? Glass cord? What's that? Magnifying glass? Yeah? And then a, and then a telescope. It's like that. And it's just interesting, um, the sensitivity that comes with discernment, not only for the Word of God, but for the Holy Spirit. I love it, because the one who's not sensitive, uh, he's not aware of the Holy Spirit, M more the Holy Spirit. So let's, I'll keep going. The word perception is the ability to see beneath the outward appearance. Another word for perception is sensitivity or clear-sighted. Now, this is the danger. And I love how the Holy Spirit always niggles me because he opens up a treasure with this. The word, or the opposite of perception, which is the next root word from discernment, is dull. And when you hear in the scriptures, they become dull of hearing. Yeah, we're going somewhere here with this now. So, are you ready for this? <coughs> the opposite of perception is dull, regarding dull of hearing in the Bible. Many warnings regarding you not walking in discernment. So the word dull comes from Northros, Northros, and the word I the Strong's is uh, three five seven six. Now you're going to be shocked when you hear the definition of dull of hearing, and the first one is a legitimate son. Not everyone is a son. You may be a child of God, but not everyone is a son. So a legitimate son is the one who walks in dull of hearing. Now what does that look like? I'm going to share. A, leg a legitimate son is someone who is spiritually lazy, sluggish, slothful, and stupid, forgive the word, but it has, it, has, it has a saying here. There is a spiritual meaning here. <coughs> the word dull of hearing is legitimate son, lazy, sluggish, slothful, stupid, languid, and indolent. Now, I'd like to speak about the word languid. Okay. Now, you ready for this? Now, the Holy Spirit, he, 
He's very firm, very direct. But, I, but, I, but if you can see something or diagnose something, then you can be at war with it. Right? It's true. So, the word languid, oh sorry, indolent, we'll start with indolent first. Indolent defines as, uh, regarding your walk with Christ, as someone who is unhurried. Unhurried. The next one, lacking in energy. The third one ticks all boxes for me. If I look at people today, this one ticks all boxes for me. You know what it, you know what it says? Uninterested. This one. This, our, biggest, our biggest war is that one there. This is regarding dull of hearing. This is the blockage that allows discernment to come to you. If this is traces and characteristics in you, then you need to have a look at yourself. Because this is not normal. This is evil. It's not normal. This is not healthy with your walk with Christ. So, the word indolent means unhurried, lacking in energy, uninterested, and slow-moving. The next word that defines from dull is idle. Now, this is your opposition against discernment. I always like to speak about the opposition or your enemy. The word idle means to spend time doing nothing. So when, so when the Jesus says you become idle, I think he's speaking to everyone here. The word idle means to spend time doing nothing. Well. The Bible says, in the wisdom of God, teach us to number our days. For the days are what? Evil. Why does he say the days are evil? Because people are not interested in their work with Christ. They have other plans, better desires, better treasures that they have to go after. Now, this is the sign of a person who's dull in hearing. Now, if this speaks to you, thank the Lord Jesus, because you can see it. Don't attack me, please. I'm actually helping you. The word stupid. Given to unintelligent decisions or acts, careless, lacking knowledge. So the word stupid, given to unintelligent decisions or acts that you do from day to day, careless or lacking in knowledge. So when you read the whole book of Proverbs and he keeps calling people fools or being stupid, now you understand the, the foundation of that is lacking knowledge. Okay. 
Now, the next word, sluggish, which is a fruit of being dull of hearing, slow in movement. Is your walk with Christ like that? Now, we like to bring it out to the light. Slow in movement, slow in your flow with God. Slow in growth. Always crawling. Who does that? Babe. So, so the level of a babe deals with the, the foundation of dull of hearing. Unfortunately, it's the first level of a believer. The first level of a believer is... It can come to mature people also, but it's really attacked on the believer who's just starting. And imagine you grow into that. Imagine you grow into dull of hearing. Major consequences. You will never, you will never be fulfilled in your walk with Christ if you don't address this here. Amen. Thank God someone listens. <laughs> so, are you a person who's slow in movement? Are you a person whose flow is slow or your growth is slow or you're always crawling? This is from the definition of that word from the Bible, a snail. It sort of actually defines us. God has a sense of humor. Always lagging. Now, can I say something like this? Until you see this, this is the first area God focuses on. Discernment. The first level of discernment is to, is to see your enemy. And many people see it as a lifestyle. It's normal to do nothing. It's actually your enemy. It's your opposition. Do nothing. God sees it as idle. Okay. We'll get to the next one. Now, this is a bit dangerous, but I'll bring it up. We go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 to 15. Let's read it together. <clears throat> and the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, can I say it like this? This is a mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Satan will do anything to stop you from entering into the kingdom. He will do anything he can. And what an what a easy way to attack the body by someone being dull of hearing. What an easy way, what an easy technique to sway the body of Christ. 
so, it's so common today in the body of Christ to do nothing from day to day. You know, what's the opposite of being dull of hearing? One of them is in Psalms. Day and night I meditate on your law. You start to see the, you start to see the counterfeit of how to actually attack that and how we are to be so committed and focused uh, with our walk with Christ. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Isn't it interesting that the one who operates in dull of hearing, nothing is given to them. And people tell me, you know, if God's will, he gives it. It's not true. You have to see what's actually preventing you from moving forward. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Has what? Can anyone answer that? Discernment? Whoever has more will be given. Knowledge, the word of God. Understanding. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have what? Grown into it. Not, not become, they've grown into it. Now, how do you grow into becoming dull of hearing? I just, sh I just showed you. How do you grow in becoming dull of hearing? It's not something that you wake up with. It's something that by day by day doing nothing with your walk with Christ, you become that person. I love it when I see people, they can't sit still in one place. And they're everywhere and anywhere. To be honest, I learned the secret place that allowed me to destroy that thing that wants to take over me. My time with God is probably the most important other than what I do for Christ here, meaning the secret place. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Now, now he's attacking another area. Does your heart become hard? What's the, what's, what's the doorway to your heart becoming hard in your journey with Christ? Dull of hearing. And I'm going to share what happens. Just give me some time. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. 
lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Now how can you turn from something you don't see it is wrong? Have you thought about that? How can you from day to day do nothing and think it's normal? You have a responsibility now, each person here, to grow in the first foundation of discernment. What is your enemy? What is your opposition? Dull of hearing. That produces a hard heart. Dangerous, isn't it? Can anyone hear me? It's dangerous. It's actually dangerous. Who's speaking here? Who's speaking here? Jesus Christ. People say, I wish Jesus here, he come. No, you don't. No, you don't wish Jesus come and preach. <laughs> we go to the next one. Yeah. Acts, Acts 28-27. For the hearts of these people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So you begin to see here. You know, the, the most dangerous thing about this is that the lack of discernment naturally results in a person becoming dull of hearing. You just, you, it, it's, not, it's not right for me to say that a person lacks discernment. Naturally, he falls into becoming dull of hearing. You, that's, that's what you fall into when you don't have discernment. And then naturally, your heart becomes hard. Okay, we go to we go to Hebrews chapter five, verse seven to fourteen, and this is here, this is here, how to begin to overcome a dull of hearing. Now, I'm not going to focus my teaching around this. I'm going to go a different direction, but I just wanted to bring that to you. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 14. Now, you'll see something here, how the Bible all comes together. <coughs> now, he's talking about here Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, he's talking about Jesus here, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Now can I say it like this? This one here, he talks about vehement cries where he's crying to his father. Can I ask you something? What is he crying to him about? What do you think he was crying to God for? What's that? You guessing or, or that's your answer? Discernment. You're right, bro. You're right. We go to Proverbs chapter 2. Can I just come back to that? 
you begin to think, what is the doorway to godly fear? You begin to think. Last week I said one of the doors or one of the partners to godly fear is self-control. This is the next one. Now isn't it interesting if you cry out for discernment? Can I say it like this? When, when you see something like this in your life where you're, you're a victim of a person who's become dull of hearing, won't you cry to Jesus to actually save you from this? Would you really cry to him so that you do not become this person anymore? If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, uh, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, isn't it interesting that the enemy of discernment is the love for the world? Can you see anyone? The blockage of discernment is your focus being for the world. That's one of the, the enemies. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Now what is the doorway to the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God? Discernment. They all intertwine now. Everything that I'm preaching about how to truly love God is all coming together. Because someone would ask, how can I actually love God? What is it? Thank you, Jesus, every day, that's it? That's part of our journey. But it's more deeper than that. Now, Now, from Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, he says about your ears being blocked and your eyes have been closed. I'll quickly go to spiritual eyes regarding dull of hearing. We go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 to 24. Now, this is interesting because dull of hearing allows your heart to be hard, allows your ear to be closed allows you to stop hearing and your eyes to be actually shut. Now look what it says here. This is for lacking discernment. It says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, your whole body will be full of light, benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside of you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Now isn't it interesting? Again, he attacks the opposition. What did this sermon have to deal with there? If you seek a, a silver. The same desire you seek to make money or to, or to be comfortable. He said, if you go after it, more than that, it would come to you. But it shows you the enemy and the opposition of discernment. It's your plan. Money in itself is money, but that shows it's your plan. You're writing your book. Isn't it interesting how, how dull of hearing 
allows you to be spiritually blind, allows your ears to be closed. It, it shows you here there's another master that's discerning your life. Can you see this, anyone? Because some will say, every week you talk about the same thing. I'm not. The Bible is. <laughs> it just goes to show you how the enemy is so influenced and he has, he has many uh, uh, tactics. No one can serve two masters for neither he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Discernment is the key for you to actually see it. Now, can I say it like this? If you, if you, valued, if you valued the Lord more than anything, then most of, most of the things that you thrive for in this world will cease. God will feed you. So we go to the next one, Proverbs 18.15. Spiritual ease is the doorway to discernment. Now, isn't it interesting here that the doorway for a, for a discerning heart is to go after what? Knowledge. You see that here? Look what it says here. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. For the ease of the wise seek it out. So you start to see where discernment's foundation is built around. The word of God. That's your foundation. So we can all understand that now. So one of the greatest enemies is anything that you are favoring more than the Lord is a lack of discernment. Because think about it like this. Anything that replaces God's time or, or Him away from you is something that you value more than Him. And it's as dangerous as doing nothing with your time. Okay. I'll go here quickly. Hebrews uh, 5, 7 and 14, just to continue what I was finishing. who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Jesus was heard because of his godly fear. Now, did he need to do that? He didn't, but he done it for us. He didn't need to do that. All these, all these things that he done is so he can teach us how we can have a direct access um, into a relationship with God our Father. Though he was a son, now look at this here. Dull of hearing is a person who's a legitimate son. Now what is a, what is a, what is a true son? This is a true son. Though he was a son, 
yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as his high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Of whom we have much to say. Of whom we have much to say. And hard to explain. Since. Since. So now he's addressing. Who is he addressing? He's addressing believers. In Matthew they rejected him. Someone would say, you quoted the scripture where they didn't receive him. Here, they're believers. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now you begin to see here the issue. What is the main issue from all this here? What is, the, uh, what is the opposition of dull of hearing? A person who is discerning. So a person who is dull of hearing, yes, Christ still loves you, yes, but he stays on the milk. He stays on the milk. Do you want to stay there? I don't think you, you want to. Not in this place anyways. Because I won't let you. And it's the truth. I won't let you. You know why I won't let you? Because I have to give an account of every person that God put in my life. Whether there's one person God put in my life here, I have to give an account for that. Whether I like it or not, whether I like it or not, I have to give an account for the Lord. And people don't understand why I'm so firm with people. It's because of this very thing. And to be honest, the last thing I see myself here is in this place here. I'm actually, I have a responsibility now. Before there was, uh, you know, all over the place. It's a bit different now. God, God is a God of order. He wants to put your life in order. Amen. That's right. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now it's safe to say that a person who operates as a person who's dull of hearing or a person who has a hard heart is a person who's lacking discernment. It's safe to say that without offending anyone here. So the first, you start to see here, 
having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say these two as well. The next definition, but I'm not going to go there regarding scripture, but I like to say it. Okay? The next, the next definition for discernment I spoke about here, it was perception, which is, which is sensitivity or clear-sighted. The opposite was dull. I'm not going to speak about the opposite of this. I just want to give it to you. So the next one is to perceive. Now this is interesting. The word discernment, and please pay attention. The word perceive comes from the, the root word in the Hebrew, chazza. And chazza means a vision or a deep spiritual insight or a prophecy. That's how discernment looks like. A, a vision, isn't it interesting that a discernment births a vision? Isn't it interesting that without a vision... My people perish. Let's go one step deeper. Without discernment, his people perish. Because what produces discernment? Chazza. Chazza means a vision, a deep spiritual insight. Amen. Very good. You're on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> She said, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. And that is so true. But isn't it interesting, the root word of a person being destroyed, he lacks discernment. So the word chazza means a vision or a deep spiritual insight or a prophecy. The next one is judgment. The, the, the root word is judgment. Judgment means the process of forming an opinion or elevation by discerning and comparing. To what? God's word. Okay. Which way do I go? Yeah, there's many ways here. You know what, I'll probably speak about a hard heart. I like to, I'll speak about that. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. Before I get into this teaching that's going to open up weeks of meat, I, I like to just cover this first. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. As you know, discernment comes from the Word of God. Yes? It says, therefore, now I'd like to speak here about, I want to show you a pattern in your life today that the lack of discernment produces dull of hearing. Where your ears are closed, your ears can't, you can't hear anymore, and your eyes are closed, and as a result, your heart becomes hard. 
Now, when your heart becomes hard, different mindsets are produced from that in the wilderness. And I like to speak about that effect. Because someone would think, how did I become like this? And, and, and where did it actually come from? And I like to speak about it. Because it connects together. Dull of hearing uh, has many definitions. Your eyes can't see anymore. Your ears can't hear anymore. Your heart naturally becomes hard. And the Holy Spirit warned, and Paul warned in the book of Hebrews, that you don't become like this. You remember? As the Holy Spirit says, don't harden your hearts. Okay? One thing for Paul to say, when the Holy Spirit gets involved, you know he's trying to bring something to the surface. So, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Now, I'd like to step, stop there for a second. The word did not profit them, or the word was not useful to them, or not to their advantage. That's what the word means. It did not profit them. Meaning, the word, once it's preached to you, this is how some people uh, received it. It wasn't useful to them, or it wasn't to their advantage. Also, it says to prevail, meaning not proving more powerful or superior, meaning the word couldn't win them over or conquer their old belief system. Or it couldn't gain mastery over their foundation from the old. So when it says it did not profit them, it didn't have enough volume and enough effect to actually change or convict them from their old life to the new life. This is one example. And then it says here, oh, that's for not being mixed with faith. There are two meanings. So we keep reading. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Now, now discernment, discernment targets disobedience. You start to see here, one of the major roles of discernment, it targets a disobedient life. We go to Hosea 14.9, please. I like to just jump back and forth because I have a lot to go through. Now look at here. Look at what this sermon focuses on. It's very important that you know the first area that actually this sermon 
focuses on. So if anyone wants to operate in discernment, this is the fruits that must follow. So it says, who is wise? Remember the, uh, James? It says, anyone who's lacking in wisdom, ask God. He gives you that fault finding or measure. Now, isn't it interesting that the, the, the partner to wisdom is discernment? And it says, let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. So what's the first area that discernment focuses on? Targeting your disobedient life. Can anyone see this? So the Holy Spirit's in this business. In getting your life in order. Next scripture. Psalms 19.12 But who can discern who can but who can discern their own errors? Forgive me my hidden faults. So what does discernment do? It goes to hidden areas and brings it to the light so you can actually see them. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive me my hidden faults. Isn't it interesting that now he's targeting iniquity? Because iniquity is something hidden that you fed for a very long time. So what does discernment begin to focus on? It focuses on here. Targets first. Disobedience. We go to uh, back to the scripture in uh, Hebrews 4. Now, this is an interesting one. Now, I'm going to hit the hardness of heart. Now, you're going to ask yourself today, is my heart hard? You will see. It's very common for believers to be there, but there is a way out. Thank you, Jesus. There is a way out. We go to verse 7, please. Again, he des designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, I have to go to my table for that one. Now, discernment targets a hardness of heart. And isn't it interesting that it all happened in the wilderness? Hardness of heart all happened in the wilderness. Let's have a look. What does it mean to have a hard heart? The Strong's is, um, the Esau, sorry, 4645, whoever is following. 4645. Four, Sklerono. Sklerono. I'm just a Sclerono. Yeah. So, so this is what it means to have a hard heart. Okay? To have a hard, hard heart, this is from the translation itself. It means when your heart is dry. 
Okay, it means when your heart is dry. So, so dull of hearing is a lack of discernment that allows you to stop hearing, stop seeing, and naturally your heart becomes hard. This doesn't happen overnight. The main focus on this teaching is so you can actually see it. If you can't see it, you can't be at war with it because it's massive. Are we getting this? So, sclerono is a hard heart. It means when your heart is dry. Now look at this. It means when your heart has become tough. Let's go, let's go deeper. It means when your heart has become harsh and severe. Now, now this takes the icing. It means when your heart has become stubborn. Stubborn. And isn't it interesting that all these areas are produced around God's discipline? All these areas, your heart becoming dry, your heart has become tough, your heart has become harsh and severe, your heart has become stubborn, is all around God's discipline. When He wants to discipline you and you refuse. All these are focused around God trying to discipline you and you refuse. Now, let's look at this. We go deeper again. So these are the different mentalities that a heart receives when it's become hard. Ready? So a prisoner, a prisoner is held captive. A soldier fights his way out. Now I'm talking about a person who has a hard heart and a person who is operating in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Flesh, spirit. Ready? A person who has a hard heart in the wilderness, he inherits a mindset of a prisoner mindset, not an overcoming mindset. Uh, sorry, not a so soldier mindset. So when you go to war, yes, you become a prisoner to the devil. Right? Or a prisoner to your opposition, which is the devil. So how many people here, they feel like this, where they are prisoner to the enemy? Think about that. A soldier fights his way out. Isn't it interesting that the enemy in the wilderness, he's there also, with the Holy Spirit. They're both there. And the enemy wants to bound you in the area to make you feel that you're a prisoner to the enemy, you can't get out. Isn't that interesting? How many people feel when they're getting disciplined, they feel they can't overcome, they're a slave to that. They, they are a prisoner to the enemy, which is a prisoner to his own flesh. A soldier, the moment you become born from above, or born in the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you something. You have to know that you are a soldier. You must know that you are a soldier. You can fight yourself from every battle. And the Bible says that he will protect you and he will deliver you from every attack, every evil attack, and bring you safely into his kingdom. It's true. But the enemy is very crafty. 
in, in, in the hardness of heart, he wants to make you feel that you're a prisoner to your situation, you're a prisoner to your struggles, you're a prisoner to sin, you're a prisoner to Satan's attacks. But a soldier, he goes and he fights. We don't wait for him. We go and we kick down every altar the enemy has actually tried to establish in us. We have that authority. You have that authority. And it's, uh, let me tell you something, it's m more powerful than words. Discernment is actually, you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. It's not a word. Lord, give me discernment and you just go, it's, it's not like that. I wish it was. Okay, so are, are you a prisoner that's held captive from the enemy? Or are you a soldier that fights yourself out? Next one. Uh, a hard heart is a person who has a survivor mentality. He becomes a victim of his battle scars, traumas, trials, where an overcomer overcomes his past and enters into God's rest. You see that? These are all inherited around discipline. These are all inherited around the wilderness. And that's why Paul says, don't harden your hearts. Work with what? Work with what? Learning God's ways. They failed to enter his rest because they couldn't learn his ways. You need to know this. What's God's ways? The first one is discernment. So here, are you a prisoner held captive? Or are you a soldier that fights his way out? Let me tell you something, and I'll, and I'll give a bit of grace here. When I was in battles, I didn't know that I can overcome. If I can give you some hope today, and I'll tell you, I fought Satan for many years. And I ran from him, and I was so intimidated by him. But look at me today, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you something, I overcame every attack. Anxiety, depression, attacks over every area of my life. And I'm free. You know why? Because I'm a soldier. I'm not a prisoner. I'm a soldier. And what does a soldier do? He prays without ceasing. He fights like this. Prayer is your weapon. That's your weapon. I've prayed myself out of everything. I prayed that much, my tongue got tired. I got Can you get cramps in your tongue? I got cramps at one point in my tongue. You know why? Because I was that oppressed by the devil and I got out. Jesus got me out, but I hung on to him. I hung on to him, and I tell you this, I hung on to him. I refused to taste defeat. I refused. I didn't want to, to accept any form of de defeat because I know what Jesus said in the word. Though it felt so tough, it felt like that's my destiny, I overcame. <coughs> Amen. The phone's <laughs> sent. <laughs> amen. So, amen. So it's very important to understand. A prisoner, he what? He goes quietly. He goes quietly. A soldier, he fights. He ducks and he weaves, he hides, he protects himself and he fights. 
This is what needs to come back into the body of Christ. So are you a survivor? You know, like the, no offense, like the veterans, they wear their, they wear their badges. All they can remember is the war. Even though they had victory, they can't remember the victory. They remember the scars, how they lost their friends, how they had nightmares about that, and we are not like that anymore. When Jesus heals you from something, it's taken away from you. It doesn't surface anymore. That's how you know the Holy Spirit's dealt with something in your life. He's taken it away. So when I saw things still evident in my life, I knew that it hasn't been dealt with. And I didn't want it to linger behind me. I wanted to cut it off. And let me tell you something. My focus in the beginning is, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, how long are you going to be? Why is this happening to me? I learned very quickly. I'm going to learn his ways and the truth itself will protect me with the Holy Spirit. That was something that protected me so much from reasoning and compromise because questioning God ends up in reasoning and compromise. You begin to withhold your life from God. I moved that from my life and I said, Lord, I'm going to get to know you. The rest, I leave it to you. And I'm telling you, all those encounters was because of that. I wanted to learn the truth. I wanted to learn the truth. What does the Bible say? Submit to God and then resist the devil. I submitted to his truth. I submitted to his ways. I submitted to his plan for my life. Why? I could have got into that whole place. Why is this happening to me? When is this going to end? Why isn't it happening to that person? I just put my head down. Lord, I'm yours now. I'm going to focus on eating truth and closing the doors of darkness, rebellious nature, sinful nature, and there he came every time. Very important you know this. And I'm telling you, I'll wake up and I'm needing healing or he come and I didn't even ask because my desire was for him and the truth. I didn't get fixated. Why hasn't it come yet? You told me you're going to do this. I just said, Lord, I'm going to walk with you. You do the rest. I didn't question him, never. So, are you a survivor that remembers all your pain, all your tra tra traumas, all your trials? That's how you can see if the Lord's actually healed you from a survivor mentality. You're not a survivor, you're an overcomer. Very important you know this. The next one is a lack mentality. Isn't it interesting that in the wilderness we inherit a lack mentality? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Isn't it interesting that the opposite of lack is what? What is the opposite of lack? What's that, sorry? Contentment. Isn't it interesting that when you're content, you focus only on building yourself up in truth? You know, the lack, a person who walks in lack mentality is always wanting the next best thing. He will never be uh, founded in the truth or never be matured <coughs> in the truth. 
and lack mentality. Let me tell you something, you're always going to have problems. And if you operate in a, in, a, in a lack mentality, those problems never go away. Because you're always asking, uh, fix this problem. Imagine you had a lack mentality. Fix this problem, Lord, I need you to fix this now. Lord, I want you to do this now. A person who's content focuses only on building himself up in the truth. So a lack mentality is very dangerous because a lack mentality produces uh, reasoning with God. Remember what a lack done? They attack God's character. They attack God's, they, they attack God's name because they were waiting for things and they became impatient. Can you see that, anyone? Can anyone see this? A lack mentality always questions and reasons the things that you need which ends up being attack on God himself. Because you don't know what you can handle. And a lack mentality doesn't know what you can handle. It's never content, never grateful, never happy, always complaining. That's, wha that's what happens when a person has a hard heart. You, I want you to see this. So are you a prisoner or are you a soldier? A soldier fights, a prisoner gives up. Are you a survivor where you become a victim? Victim mentality. Or are you an overcomer? Are you a person who has a lack mentality or a person who is steady and content? You begin to see. You begin to see. Now, this was probably, <laughs> this was probably the biggest meat out of all of it here, but I'm going to leave it for next week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like I have to stop now. This is meat beyond the meat. <laughs> but um, I have to stop because I'm not going to give it justice by going into the depth of it. And, and this is the main message. But I'm going to stop. Okay? I don't mean to <laughs> discourage anyone. <laughs> but as you know, I pray to one in the morning. So. <laughs> Thank you for coming, but I share, I share this with you. The main objective of this message is for you to see. I'm not, I'm, I'm, you are seeing a way out, but seeing uh, uh, the characteristics or the fruits of being dull of hearing is so dangerous. And for me, the biggest one is doing nothing with your time and being uninterested. And you know, we become so interested when we have problems. <laughs> That's God we're serving. That's our Father we're walking with. He doesn't deserve that. Where we treat Him like that. What type of relationship is that with His sons and His daughters? He loves us. He gave everything for us. Where every drop of his son's blood was poured for us. He deserves much more. And that is the truth. But dull of hearing will never, be, never allow you to actually see that. Your eyes close. Your ears stop hearing. Isn't it interesting that a lot of people always ask me,
how do you hear the Holy Spirit? And I said, brother, can I tell you something? What blocks you from hearing the Holy Spirit? Now you see. Now you see. Have you ever asked that question? What's blocking me from hearing? And he got it. He got it. Now you can see one of the major reasons why the Holy Spirit doesn't speak. And it's true. So I share this all with you. Rejoice because the Holy Spirit is diagnosing. Um, not that I like to do that, but he's showing you the root cause why the Holy Spirit's not being comfortable with you in the way that he should. And I'll tell you something, a bit of grace that I give you is, I didn't start like this. I started with a very shallow way of knowing the Holy Spirit. I worked with him. I obeyed him. I held on to him. Through every storm, through every trial, I held on to him. I was a stubborn Christian, but I'd pray. And I won't stop praying. I read. Even my flesh didn't want it. I kept going. I fasted when I didn't feel like I'm on a fast. I broke that pattern of my flesh because that's a fleshly thing to have a dull of hearing or a hard heart. So I was a person who didn't want to, to accept it, neither did I want to taste that. I fought myself out. And I encourage you, I didn't start like this. Step by step, I worked with the Lord and, he's, and He is favorable. He is compassionate. He is patient with us. But Seeing this is another realm. Seeing the dull of hearing, the consequences of being a person dull of hearing, has major consequences. And I share with you today, we don't become like this. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We'll pray. So I know the Holy Spirit exposed these things whether there are, there are traces where you operate as a person like this. I know this. Thank the Lord Jesus that he's exposed it. So you can actually be free. Amen. You see how important this sermon is? Yeah, and I only preached the first layer. There's probably ten layers. But this is the level that God is speaking us. It's the level that we can hold now. So thank the Lord Jesus in your hearts because it is Him. He wants to see us grow. He gave up everything for us. He really did. He gave up everything for us. Didn't hold anything back from us. It's time we give Him what he really paid for. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I'd like to thank you for what you've done today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you gave today. I know it is you, Lord. And it pleases you when we grow in discernment. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, our Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord.
from here to the third heavens. We honor you, Lord, and we thank you that truth has entered our hearts through this sermon. I thank you, Lord, that once we see, we cannot unsee. And I thank you that the battle begins. Give us the victory to be a soldier, not a prisoner. Because greater is the one who's in us than the one who's in the world. I thank you, Lord, that you live inside of us and we have the victory. Because whom the sun sets free is free. We have the victory. And I thank you, Lord, that from today you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. And we receive it today by the Holy Spirit. Each one of us, our mind, our soul and spirit and our flesh. We declare that we are free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Thank you. We honor you in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, today in Jesus' name. You said when two or more agree on something on earth, it shall be done in heaven. I pray, Lord, that you forgive us from becoming dull of hearing. Forgive us as a body of Christ today, as a body. You bestow your mercy on us. You bestow your compassion on us. And you forgive us from, from operating in this way towards you. Thank you, Lord. I pray for your blood to cover us and to forgive us. And most of all, to heal us from this spiritual sickness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Only you, Holy Spirit, can free us from this. And we bring it to your attention, Lord, that you heal us from dull of hearing, from a hard heart, from ears that are closed, eyes that are closed. Thank you, Lord. From today we declare that the old has passed away, the new has come. We receive it by faith. And I pray for every person in this place today that we can advance from today and live true to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you all.